Praise the Lord, young people. God is amazing. That was anointed worship. Praise the Lord. That was really good. I uh, really enjoyed it. And then you got to keep, keep it going. Seriously, that was really good. I was just going to do the altar call after you. That's it. <laughs> but that was really good. Um, praise God. Keep sharing your testimony because that brings other people. Bible speaks in Revelations in the word of your and everyone said, testimony, amen. The word of your testimony, that is a witness of God's power. And it's not just the blood, but it's the word of your testimony that brings life to people and brings joy to people. Praise the Lord, keep, keep doing it. It's going to impact a lot of people, praise God. We should even add up to Psalms if we ever had to or ever can add something. Psalm 151. What's your name? By Ariana. <laughs> I'm kidding. We're not going to do anything against the Bible. I, uh, I'm really thankful to the Lord to be here in this place, um, and it's awesome. You know, every time I come here, uh, there's different fluctuations more, sometimes less, but this is a lot of people. Praise God. Praise God for COVID then, maybe? I don't know. <laughs> but there's more people here in this place, but, you know, maybe you come here hungry. You come expecting to see what God has for your life, what he wants to do inside of you, maybe your family. Maybe you've struggled with different things in your life and you've come to hear another message, another, another gospel, another sermon, maybe another song that God starts to touch you in different areas of your life and maybe he cleanses and delivers, brings freedom because that's who he is. That's Jesus Christ. He brings life. He brings joy. He brings peace. And I like what Dennis said. If you're not here to receive, it's, there's going to be less people, Dennis. But it's going to be people that are ready to receive, though. Hey, God is wonderful, and he's doing an amazing thing in these days. And God is doing incredible things. If you've been following the things that's going on around the world, God is changing people. God is bringing revival all across the country and all across the world, too. God is reviving his people because even when times are tough, when Christians are being persecuted and pressured, People instead want to even go further. They want to run after Christ even more and start to testify to people in this world. And people come to Christ. And that's who he is. He comes to save the lost and bring deliverance to those, to those who are bound and bring freedom to those who are in bondage. That's Christ Jesus. That's Christ Jesus. The, the verses that have been read in Matthew chapter 7, verse 1 through 5, that is the topic that I want to focus on. This evening with every one of you, it talks about judgments. It talks about judging and judging your neighbor, judging someone else around you. And we could probably agree that judgment could be rough. Judgments could be hard when someone looks at you and just says, hey, you're doing this wrong. This area of your life you need to improve upon and change. I mean, I don't know. Maybe some of us could take offense, maybe for the ladies, right? Someone says, hey, this is a bullet casinco, you know, why didn't you wear one? Or, you know, we could get offended, right? We feel like we're judged. Maybe for the brothers, like, brothers, stop wearing ribbed jeans. I'm just looking around making sure no one has any. It's all right if you do, by the way. I'm not judging. I'm not judging. You like that? You know, we could get judged in different ways. We could take offense or we could just let it slip by. We could let it pass. And it's funny because we read in those verses, I'm not going to read them again because it's already been spoken, but it's like we look into someone's eyes and it's like, hey, you got a speck in your eye. And then you're like, hey, you got a log in your eye. Oh, I didn't even know. 
And that's really what the Bible is speaking in those verses that we just read in Matthew chapter 7, that we could be so quick to look into someone's life and see a problem, see an issue, but yet we don't realize what's going on in our life. And Jesus says, look, when you start to measure out the sins of other people, you're about to have the same measurements that's going to come over your life, that's going to come into your life. And I'm going to, wanted to bring an illustration, and just FYI, I'm not a construction person, but I brought this, because everyone should have these at home, right? Can you do me a favor? Can you hold this? There you go. You tell me when to stop. I'm going to go on stage. So, you know, imagine if we come up to different people and we just start to say, hey, guess what? You've been 126 days in sin. I just measured you. That's how much you are. All right, who wants to try one? You know, you're like, I'm not, I'm not, I don't have sin in my life. <laughs> Tell me when to stop. Wow, you've been struggling for 157 days. That's a long time. You know, we start to do this, right? We start to do this as Christians, and we start to measure people. We start to measure people by even sometimes according to the Word of God. And we start to see the issues in others, but many times these are the exact same issues that we're struggling with. And many times we try to assist someone and say, hey, I'm going to get you out of this thing. I'm going to help you get out of it. Yet we ourselves are the ones that need counseling, need freedom, need deliverance. And I want to take you through a story also in the book of John chapter 8. And this is a familiar story for every one of us, but if you have your Bibles, open up with me. John chapter 8, verse 2. Starting from verse 2, it says, early in the morning he came again, so that's Jesus, to the temple. And all the people came to him and he sat down and taught them. And the scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in adultery. And placing her in the midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman has been caught in the act of adultery. Now in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such woman. So what do you say? This they said to test him, that they might have some charge to bring against him. Jesus bent down and wrote with his finger on the ground. And as they continued to ask him, he stood up and said to them, Let him who is without sin among you be the first to throw a stone at her. And once more he bent down and wrote on the ground. And when they heard it, they went away one by one, beginning with the older ones. And Jesus was left alone with the woman standing before him. Jesus stood up and said to her, woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She said, no one, Lord. And Jesus said, neither do I condemn you. Go from now on, sin no more. Imagine if you were in prison, and hopefully that's not the case, or ever be the case, but there's been a long sentence laid out for you, and you've been there for so long in, in that type of cell, and you got so used to it with time that the judge comes and says, listen, you're about to be set free even after 21 years in the prison. Sometimes we could get so used to that prison where it's like, really, did you just say that? We're like, no, I'm not going anywhere because I got so comfortable. I have maybe a TV. I have good food being served here. I have already friends here. And we get so comfortable that when it's the time for freedom, deliverance, we're like, oh, really? I could be free? 
You see, when this woman came to Jesus, and yes, there were people that were accusing her. They were wanting to throw stones at her, or even wanting Jesus to throw stones at her based on the Mosaic law. And they're trying to test Jesus. And this woman being justified or having had mercy by Jesus, she's like, oh yeah, where are my accusers? Where are the people that should have stoned me and I, my life should have ended? My friend, there are many things in our life that could be very similar. It doesn't have to be a physical prison. It could be a spiritual prison. We could be in bondage. We could be in sin. Even sitting here in this place, we might feel like, well, listen, I've heard the gospel. I've heard the good news of Jesus. And I've, I've heard people get delivered, but it just doesn't work for me. I've heard people get forgiven. It's like, what do you mean forgiven? What does it feel like? And therefore, you have no idea what it means to be forgiven. Even like we've heard the sisters say this testimony. It's like, well, I didn't experience what she experienced. And for us, it could be a time of confusion, a time of misunderstanding, not knowing what even freedom is. But you see, when we come and encounter Christ, Jesus himself, and listen, he's here in this place. His word is being delivered right now. It's being sown in your heart as you're listening. And the fact that you made a step to come to this place, you've said, Lord, I'm here. You said, I'm going to spend some time, an hour and a half here in SEC church, just to spend some time and hoping to receive something. You've made the right first step. You've made the right decision. Now, the second thing is, is your heart open to receive? I know we can blame our past. We can blame all the issues. We can blame family and say, well, I grew up in a terrible family. I grew up in a family where there were addictions and alcohol and all these things and drugs. Therefore, I'm more prone to it. Or I'm just weak in this. I don't have self-control. We can find a lot of reasons saying, well, it is not going to work. Listen, my friend, Jesus, he saves. That was his mission. He came to seek and to save the lost. If we don't believe in the power of the cross, the power of the blood of Jesus, our Christianity is void. And I'm going to say the same thing. You could leave this place because then Christ's power has no work in us. But Jesus is alive. He's there to bring freedom into your soul, into my soul. So you could testify like Ariana, like I could testify of what Jesus did in my life or other people in this, in this place of what he can do, bring freedom and deliverance. I know it's so easy just to say, well, I've tried this. I've come forward many times. I've been prayed by many times, by pastors, by deacons. My friend, listen, the pastor doesn't save. The church does not save. Your parents do not save you because they didn't die for you. Jesus died for you. He loved you. He cared so much for you. He's the one that can save. And that was his whole purpose on this earth. He came to seek and to save the lost so that those who are bound would be set free. My friend, we are not meant just to sit on a warm, comfy chair, but we are meant to stomp on the devil, however you want to take that expression. What I'm talking about, we are there to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit and reign and reign and reign in this life, having victory over sin, having victory over bondage, having victory in every area of our life. And that's not because how good we are, no. How self-disciplined we are, how self-controlled we are. No, it's not. It's because of the blood of Jesus Christ. It is the power of the Holy Spirit at work in you and I that gives us that victory every single day. And not to wake up the next morning and say, Lord, am I going to fall again? 
Am I going to fall into the same bondage? Am I going to fall into the same sin? Listen, my friend, you can walk in victory. If the devil's ever lied to you, said, you're going to go back again. You tell him to be quiet and leave in the name of Jesus. You get up that morning and say, God, I just thank you for this day. God, I thank you for the victory. I thank you for the cross. I thank you for the blood of the lamb that has saved me, that washed me, that gave me freedom and deliverance and walk in that victory. And that's why Jesus says, you shall be saved by faith. And it takes faith to say those words. My friend, wake up every morning and say, I am free. As a matter of fact, when you start to walk in that freedom, you're going to want to dance in the spirit because you are free. My friend, it's just the joy that starts to leap in your heart, the joy that comes through healing, through deliverance. That's why when people in this life, when they encountered Christ, when they received healing, they started leaping for joy, jumping, dancing, because they knew what they just experienced. We don't have to be always walking in depression and sadness and thinking it's always going to be like this. No, devil, you need to be quiet in the name of Jesus. I want to listen to the words of the Lord. I want to hear Jesus in my life. We heard those words, let his voice be louder. Let his voice be louder above everything else. You see, my friend, it's so easy for us just to come to each other and say, well, we're going to get measured. We're going to measure each other's sins. We're going to measure each other's weaknesses and try to help each other. We need to stop. And listen, when someone comes to you and tries to measure you, measure your sin, if we get pulled into that, we keep pulling that measuring tape like we just saw. If we keep pulling on how their judgments you're going to keep feeling more condemned. You feel like a worse sinner more and more. You see, my friend, if you really carefully notice what happened, when the Pharisees brought this woman who was sinful, yes, there's nothing. That we can't say that she was good, a good person. She wasn't. She committed sin. But you see what happened? She allowed those judges to bring her to the ultimate judge and let him take care of it. Sometimes people might try to pull you in. They judge you. As a matter of fact, they might bring you to your knees and say, Lord, what's going on in my life? Let that person, let that situation bring you to the ultimate judge. Let them bring you to the Savior that says, listen, I'm going to forgive you. I'm going to wash you clean. I'm going to give you deliverance from the things that you've been bound by for so many years. You see, Jesus, he was a carpenter. And as a matter of fact, he knows what measurements are, what he's talking about, and he used that example. In the measure that you use unto someone, that's how he'll be measured unto you. You see, my friend, Jesus, he knows the inside and outside and all the ins and outs of what to do when it comes to measurements. As a matter of fact, he has already measured out his life that his life won't be long. He already measured out knowing that he's going to walk this life, not easy, but a tough one. Knowing that he's going to walk the path that's very difficult to be spit upon, to be crucified, to die on the cross, but so that we can be saved. He's already measured that path. You see, when people try to throw measurements on you, do not let those measurements come upon you. Let the measurements of Christ fall upon you. And remember how he measured you. He measured you looking at the path that he was going to walk. As a matter of fact, he was already measuring that he's going to have a wood vertically and horizontally already being prepared for him to die on the cross for you and I. He was completing a whole different measurement 
compared to what other people like to do. As a matter of fact, it's very unfortunate, but if you think about the situation, when a person either does not know how to swim or a person perhaps is drowning, what do drowning people are usually best do? They like to pull other people down. They can't swim on their own. They pull other people down. What does this mean? These are the same people that could be hurting, injured, dying. You see, the the people that are drowning, they don't want to grab the life jacket. They don't want to grab something that's going to save them. And there's only one Savior, that's Jesus Christ. And therefore, instead of grabbing onto the Lord, they start to grab onto as many people who are swimming in the waters of grace, who know how to swim in the grace of the Lord. They start to instead try to pull other people down, trying to survive because they're drowning. My friend, maybe you're drowning today. And you start to think, well, to get me out of this situation, I'm going to start to pull upon other people, maybe that are saved by grace, maybe those who are doing well in this life, but instead of trying to find salvation in Jesus Christ, the one that throws us the life jacket, the one that will bring us true freedom, instead we try to pull on others. My friend, maybe someone's pulling on your legs, those who are drowning. Yes, I know we try to help, but realize this. Can you carry someone who's drowning for a long time? My friend, we're people. We get tired. You can only help them so much. The best thing that we can do is direct them to Jesus Christ. Is direct them to the life jacket. Direct them to the only salvation, to the only person that can save. That's him. That's Jesus Christ. As a matter of fact, my friends, he loves us so much. And that's why he died for you and I. That's the first, is the measurement. We love to measure. But please remember... We were not called to measure other people's sins. We were called to allow Christ to measure us. Allow his measurements cross over our life to remove the stains of sin, to remove the things that have been maybe hurting us, to remove the condemnation. Maybe we've been coming to church many times and we feel never going to receive. No, that's a lie of the devil because Jesus came to convict, to save. The devil came to condemn. You see, there is hope in conviction. There's transformation in conviction. There's, there's, there's the genuine love, the genuine true hope that can happen only through Christ, through conviction. What does conviction mean? When you hear the word of God and you start to feel something, like it hurts, but at the same time, there's a good effect upon it. There, you, there's, a, there's a positive thing that can happen out of it. There's a good outcome that can happen out of it. But condemnation just says, you're terrible. You're going to hell. You're doing this. You're doing that. There's no hope in condemnation. But that's what the devil does. And that's what he always wants to do. You know, I remember sitting in church services and I remember hearing sermons too. And I'm just sitting there, you know, sometimes just crossing my hands or just, just sitting there and just hearing the word of God. And so I'm like, I'm like ah, this hurts, this hurts, because he's speaking about me. He's speaking about me, my sins. He knows exactly what I'm going through. My friend, I've felt these things before, and I know what it feels like. But you see, these things could either draw us closer or pull us farther from Christ. When the Lord is knocking at your door, when he's speaking to you and he wants to do something in you, he's not there to shame you, to guilt you, to bring condemnation. That's the work of the devil. But he comes and says, my son, I want to draw you near. You see, when the woman was pulled towards Jesus, it might seem like it's getting worse. It's getting worse. They're about to throw stones at me. But you see, even this hardship, and she knew she was wrong. She knew she was doing the wrong things. 
But as she was drawing near, there was hope at the feet of Jesus. My friend, I want to remind you today that there is hope at the feet of Jesus. There is hope at the foot of the cross. There is hope in the blood of Jesus that washes you and I from every sin. My friend, from every sin. I don't care. You can name any sin. From every sin, He's there to deliver you. No matter even if you look back and say, Lord, I'm such a terrible person. I have so many sins in my backpack, in my baggage. How am I ever going to cross into the kingdom of God, into the heavens? I have so much guilt. I have so much shame. My friend, he loves you so much. He's going to take that also. He's going to give you freedom and deliverance. My question is, are you going to run to him and let him mold you? Let him destroy all sin in your life, every bondage? Because he wants to. How do I know? He died for you. He died for you. He died for you. He loved you. He proved his love on the cross. He proved his love on the cross. When the woman came to Jesus, Jesus showed her mercy. The devil likes to bring condemnation. And you see these judges, they, these people, they brought her to Christ. But Jesus forgives. It's unfortunate because these people, they knew the law. They knew about Jesus. He was healing, delivering, doing all these things, fulfilling the scriptures right in front of their eyes. And it's like they're bringing other sinners to Jesus, and yet, like, I can't touch you, though. I can't receive you, though. Like, something about you makes me even jealous, but I can't come near you. I can't accept you. Jesus writes on the ground. We don't know what he wrote on the ground. But, you know, there's an interesting verse in Jeremiah that says, O Lord, the hope of Israel, all who forsake you shall be put to shame. Those who turn away from you shall be written in the earth, for they have forsaken the Lord, the fountain of living water. These people turned away. This verse could be related to it, but the Bible speaks that the Lord does this. He writes the people's names on the ground. These people never accepted Christ. He still left. I don't want us to be those kind of people that always comes near Christ, always comes near a church, always come near a sermon, near a, a worship song, or almost, 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 but never receive, never accept, never allow him to flood you like, a, like waters that would just, just drown everything away, all your sins. Allow his holy fire to burn away every sin. Are we allowing him to come and fully possess us? Or are we just coming near and just say, Lord, oh, I just, I'm getting close, but we just turn away. My friend, he desires us so much. He desires our heart. He loves us so much. Regardless of your sin, regardless of your history, of your past, of the resume of your life, he still wants to receive you because he loves you, my friend. You see, when the woman came to Jesus, Jesus accepted her. Jesus accepted her. He didn't pick up a stone to put an end to her life. As a matter of fact, he put an end of his life so that she could have everlasting life. My friend, it's interesting because if Jesus would have stoned her, if he would have stoned her, they would have called him a hypocrite. Because he always taught about mercy. Now, if he didn't stone her, they would have said, why aren't you fulfilling the law, Mosaic law? 
My friend, Jesus took the mercy seat. He took the mercy approach, and he wants to do the same thing as you. Listen, when he invites you, he's not inviting you to say, I'm going to agree with your sin. No. When he accepted the woman and not throwing a stone, he didn't say, I agree with your adulterous life. No. He actually said, sin no more. When Jesus accepts you, he's not going to say, I'm okay with your sin, just come to me. No, 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 no. And as a matter of fact, if a church does this, that is not right. We accept people, but we are not there to affirm their decisions. We are there expecting and believing for Jesus to transform their life. My friend, therefore, if a person comes to Jesus, no matter their history, no matter the past, maybe you feel like you're that. He's ready to accept you. He's not willing and not wanting to keep you in the same state, the same situation that you were in. Otherwise, that means his, the power of the cross is powerless and the blood meant nothing. But my friend, it means something. It brought salvation to many people in this world and for many years. And he could do so today if you haven't received him as your savior. It's the power of the cross, the power of the Holy Spirit that can do that work, my friend, today. And even when many people maybe try to stone you, throw rocks at you, judge you, and do a lot of things against you in this life, he is ready to stop those stones that are about to be thrown. No matter what people speak behind you, backstab you, try to do, my friend, he's there to cover you with his wings because he loves us so much. That's why he came to this earth, to die for us, to give us life, not death. My friend, maybe there's times in our life where it's like a pool. Maybe there's a little bit of dirt in there. But you see every little dirt in that water is poison. Or in other words, it can poison our life. Even if we use, let's say, a heart is like a pool. There's even a little bit of dirt that has not been confessed to the Lord and asking for forgiveness. Even if we think, well, the water started to clear up after some time, after many years, and Listen, friend, the dirt is still there, even if the dirt settled to the ground of the pool or, let's say, our heart. Because when someone comes or the devil comes, he comes and starts to stir us a little bit, starts to judge us in something, in an area of our life. Will the water get foggy again? Will it get dirty? No, it always was dirty. But he's starting to show that, hey, there's still, there's still things in your life which brings hopelessness, brings depression, because we're like, what? Back to it again? Why are we going back to the same place in my life? My friend, because it's never been taken care of. I know we start to think, well, time heals. Time solves everything. My friend, the only thing that solves is the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus will take care of it once and for all. That's what he did on the cross. He's not going to be dying every year on the cross for us. What's the point? That's what the sacrifices in the Old Testament were being done. We sin, we come back, we sin, we come back. Jesus, he died once for you and I, that we would be once and for all forgiven and allow that our hearts would be clean. My friend, what does that mean? It's time to let him pull the plug, the bottom of that pool. Let him pull the plug and drown and get rid of all that dirty water, all the mixture in that pool. 
Let him do it, my friend. Surrender to him. Let him do it today. If there's anything that's dirty in that water, any kind of spectacles, any chemicals, any dirt, listen, that is going to be a form of poison, a form of a reminder from the devil himself saying, look, you still have something else. My friend, let him do it. Let him pull the plug. Let it fully, fully empty the water tank of our heart. Why? As soon as he empties that water, he's going to send fresh water. He said, I'm going to give you fresh and living water. We just read it in in Jeremiah. He is the fountain of living water. You see, these Pharisees never, they left. They turned away from Christ. They couldn't receive that fountain of living water. My friend, when we accept Christ and allow him just to fully just get rid of everything, and that's what he did to that woman, he pulled the water, pulled the plug of her life and said, I'm going to forgive you. I'm going to have mercy on you. And he could do this even today, my friend, to give you full freedom. We don't have to live like that. So he could pour, he could pour out his living water on our life. And believe me, fresh water is so clean, so pure. People around you will see something's different about you. Something is pure about you. Something is life-giving about you because that's him. That's him. And people want that. As a matter of fact, they're going to see what is inside of you. No one wants dirty water. Do you guys want to drink dirty water? I don't think so. When you have the fresh, clean water, the living waters of God, the Holy Spirit that dwells inside of you, that pours inside of you, Jesus replaces that dirty water. And he can do it right now and today, my friend. When you allow him to pull and take everything out, From that heart that could be defiled, any sin, any history, he'll clear it out. He'll grab the eraser, wipe it clean, my friend. Today, he could give you that freedom and pour out that fresh water through the Holy Spirit. And you'll be free in the name of Jesus. That's what he does. He saves, delivers. My friend, last point, and we're going to be praying. He came to bring freedom. This woman, she came before Christ as a sinner. But she left free. She came filled with dirty water. She left being clean. Jesus poured into her. Jesus poured out the living water in her. He gave her hope. He gave her joy. Maybe you're sitting here in this place and you feel like, "Ah, I don't have hope. I just feel so depressed. Maybe all this COVID, maybe all these friends I can't talk to, maybe just things are not going right in my life right now. And I don't know what to do. Maybe it's school, family, friends, whatever it is, boyfriends, girlfriends, whatever it is. And you feel like, what is going on in my life? My friend, if the relationship with Christ is not in the right shape, in the right line, everything will go wrong. Something, some area in your life will be wrong. You're just like, what's going on? That's right. It's there to remind you to say, come back to Jesus. Come back to Jesus. Come back to him. He brings freedom. He brings deliverance. My friend, maybe there are things that Christ is reminding you even today. And understand, he's not doing this to condemn you. He's not doing this to put you down. He's there to change. He's there to bring freedom and deliverance. There is a person that came up to a preacher and he says, I don't like how you preach. He says, why? 
Well, because you just preach Jesus, you preach the cross, and it's hard to listen to. And then he says, well, how do you help people? How do you counsel people? He says, I bring in the couple, the married couple that are struggling, and I just, I calm them down. I just say, calm down, just calm down, calm down. And this preacher's like, what do you mean? Just tell them, calm down, calm down. The ship is sinking. The marriage is going down. What are you talking about? Calm down, calm down. You got to fix it. My friend, Jesus is not here to say, calm down in your sins. It's okay. We'll give you some peace. He came to stop the storm. He came to get you out of that storm or the ship that could start sinking or maybe is sinking, but he saves your life. Maybe you're drowning in that storm today. My friend, maybe you're a backslider. Maybe you're a 50-50 Christian. Maybe you come to youth and you're like a submarine that, oh, it's time for youth or time for Sunday. You just pop and you're just, hey, I'm here. I look so wonderful. I'm dressed well and everything's good in my life. And then comes Wednesday, whoop, (laughs) you go into the deep, 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 deep waters. Where is he? I don't know. If you meet him in the street, he's like, what, is that him? I didn't think that's him. He was so wonderful on the Tuesday or Sunday. There comes Sunday again, pop, (laughs) hey, such a wonderful, beautiful voice, such a wonderful sermon. And all of a sudden comes Monday, he just pops, all of a sudden, Swear words come out and smoking pot and addictions and drugs and all these alcohol things start to come out. It's like, who are you? I was a submarine. (laughs) My friend, when the woman at the well, when she met Jesus, when the woman at the well, she met Jesus, she even forgot about her water. She found the real water. When the woman at the well, she forgot her pot, She forgot her pot because she met Jesus. Maybe some of us could, when we meet Jesus, we're going to forget to smoke pot because we met Jesus. We start to forget to smoke a cigarette. We start to forget to grab that drink because we met Jesus. My friend, when we meet Jesus, things change. When we meet Jesus... Freedom from pornography, from alcohol, from pornography, from alcohol, from, from different things, from comparison, from, from jealousy, from anger, from all these different sins that bother us so much. They leave. They leave because there is power in the blood of Jesus, my friend. He came to give us that freedom. We're going to forget about those sins. We're going to forget that we even did them because we came to the living waters that taste so good. We start to get nourished, get, just drink of it every day because he is so good. His presence is so good. And you start to dig in his word. You start to dig into prayer, prayer life with him. You start to fast and get to seek his face. And there's no room for the devil. That water gets to be clean now. He looks right through you. The devil sees no specks because you're so clear because that's the waters of the Holy Spirit that, that comes inside of our life. My friend, do you have that? Do you want that? No matter whether you've been backslidden or you fell back, don't be the submarine today. Don't be the person that comes in a nice, good clothing but leaves like a submarine or leaves like a sinner. One of the persons once asked after a service, he says, listen, preacher, I'm Christian from head to my waist, but from waist to my feet, I'm a sinner. He responds, angels aren't coming with a chainsaw. 
to split you up, to take the half of the Christian half thrown to hell. They're coming to take the whole thing from head to toe. My friend, are we fully, are we fully devoted to Christ? Listen, no matter the struggles that we've gone through or going through right now, he's there to change us. He's there to give us deliverance and freedom. My friend, I want us to spend some time in, in worship and prayer. If we can have the worship group just lead us into some, some songs and just at least one song. I just want us just to spend time focusing on him. We still have a little bit of time, so don't worry about that. But my friends, I, I want us to be real with Christ. I know it's so easy just to come to this place and just say, God, I'm doing something right. You're right. You're doing something just a little bit right, but is it the whole thing? Is it the whole thing from head to toe, my friend? Are we being that submarine in this life? Are we hiding something from our past or hiding something that we do on a daily basis? He doesn't want that. He doesn't want that for us. He didn't die on the cross halfway. He didn't live just a little bit for you. He lived it all. He lived it all for you, my friend. If you've never accepted Christ as your Savior, today is the day to do it. If you've backslidden and you feel like, man, I just slipped from Christ, well, slip back towards Christ. Come back towards Him because He cares for you. He loves you. My friend, I want us to stand up on our feet. We're going to stand. I want us just to remain in prayer. Remaining in a prayerful, just worship. Just remain in prayer to Him. If you want to sing, sing. If you want to pray, pray. But listen, just this is a time for like no distractions. No distractions, no other sounds, but just focus on Him. His sound would be the loudest one speaking.